Hey guys, welcome back to Sugar on Shit Pod. This is Kay. This is Ty. And this is part two of our, um, I won't say interview, but our episode with Jessica from Batty Glow. So Jessica, just um, introduce yourself to the people again. Let them know um, what you do about your business and just who you are. So my name is Jessica Walker and I'm the proud owner of Batty Glow Cosmetics, which is an all natural and handmade skincare line for both men and women. So, um, yeah, that's me. Um, a lot of my baddies are um, following me on social media. You guys probably know who I am. Um, and if you've seen the first part of the episode, you got to actually see who I am because I normally don't get a chance to really, you know, go online as much in life. So thank you guys so much for actually having me today. No problem. We really do appreciate you carving out some time out of your day to be um, a guest on Sugar on Shit. Um, unfortunately, with COVID, of course, we can't do this in person, but we're still making it happen. And guys, I will attest myself to the magic of Batty Glow, cos- um, not cosmetic products, sorry, Batty Glow products. Like, her Girl, stuff yes. are amazing. That citrus face wash Thank you. takes off all your makeup in like one swoop. It do, because even the, um, yes. what's that one I use? That expensive ash one, Clouds. Citrophils, whatever. Mm-hmm. That don't. I be having to put. I be having to do like three rounds of that, and then when I hop in the shower, cause I I be with nothing but white rags. I still got makeup on my face. Girl, wow. hers is literally one time, and it takes. I don't know if it's because I don't wear that much makeup, but it's mm-hmm. one time, and it takes everything. I told you that. I said, girl, my sister used it as a makeup remover. Remember when I first purchased it from you? And you was like, really? I said, girl, she used it as a makeup remover. That thing only lasted about a, a, a like three weeks in the house. It cut everything down. So, Jessica, out of all the products that you've made, what is your what is your top two? Uh, it's so many top twos, but <laughs> for okay, but for um, right. Let me see. For the last few years, I've been doing um. The glow oil, the glow up oil, which is a facial moisturizer. Like everyone gets that. Everyone, I, it's an essential to every order. There's been, never been an order that I haven't gotten that. Um, and what other one would I say? I would say the glow up oil. And see, it's hard to pick only two because <laughs> I have like five top sellers. So. I'm trying to think. All right, I'll, for the one, I'll say one would be the glow up ball. That's the staple of the business. It's the holy grail of all holy grails. It's the it's the best moisturizer that you're ever gonna have in your life. It's super lightweight. Um, it's good for every skin type, and it doesn't clog any pores. And it also helps with hyperpigmentation, dark marks, dark circles. Um, helps even the skin tone. Moisturizes it. It's amazing. So I'll I'll say for one, I can say one. I can't even I can't even call out for the second one. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I can't. And for like people who have like eczema, what are like the three products that you have on your line that you would that you would uh, tell them to use with one another in conjunction with one another? I'm sorry, can you say that again? For those who have like skin issues like eczema or mm-hmm. um, patchy skin, what yeah. are like uh, what are you like your main products that you would recommend that they use? 
So I have three main products I would recommend for them to use. It would actually be a body wash, a body scrub, and polish, and um, the moisturizing lotion. So all of those three are essential for anyone that deals with any kind of rashes, any kind of um, hyperpigmentation on your skin, and dealing with any eczema. Okay. Um, the oatmeal and honey, it's a body wash, and it has oatmeal, honey, and lavender. It's super lightweight but moisturizing. And then I also have the um, body scrub, which is the body polish. Mm-hmm. And it's I like the strawberry coca loca because it's great for every skin type. And it's a nice, sweet finish without any extra oils. It's actually fresh strawberries. And as you know, strawberries is an antioxidant, and it just gives you a really nice moisture that lasts a really long time and it smells amazing on the skin and then we have the (laughs) and then we have um our moisturizing lotion which is um whipped amazing it's a shea butter and mango um mix with aloe vera and as you know aloe vera is amazing for anyone who deals with any kind of burn on their skin irritation or inflammation so those are the three that i recommend normally goes in a set for anyone who asks me anything about eczema. Okay, perfect. So I know on uh, part one of our uh, interview with you, we spoke about body glow, business, mm-hmm. spirituality. This part two, we really wanted to just kind of hone <laughs> in on um, just your life as NYPD. And it's not yes. to, you know, say that that is the totality or the sum of who Jessica is. But at this current time, um, it's just an interesting perspective. It's an interesting, it's perspective, an interesting perspective coming from <laughs> someone who worked that life with everything that's going on. And I will be the first to say I'm not going to judge. Cool. I will try not to. I mean, I have, you can't. You dated an officer. I, have, I was about to get there. I have dated an officer. <laughs> um, his, I won't lie to you. His job was the main reason why we broke up. Right. Um, it, it just wasn't something that I could fully get behind. Um. <laughs> But that's just me personally. Again, I will not judge because, <laughs> you know, if you ask some people, they'll be like, well, you're so anti-cop, but you laid with the enemy, whatever. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, especially being black and being female, so you're a double minority, right? Um, hell, might be triple because you're an immigrant or at least you come from immigrant parents. Um and so people would be like, why would you sign up? So tell us, why was the main reason why you uh, um, signed up to be part of the NYPD force? Yeah, definitely. So um, I signed up by just wanting to just uh, apply myself to any job that can definitely give me a career-based salary, um, especially after having my son. I wanted to show him that, you know, I could do anything, mommy could do anything, and when I actually applied to the job, it was so crazy because I didn't think that I would get it. Um, I signed up and I, I applied to the job. I got called back three months after I got um, that I did the test. And that's by far the earliest that everyone's ever heard of. They're like three months only and I was done in like less than a year. I did everything in less than a year. I was already inside of the um, police academy by the third month after applying. It was just so weird. Like, it was meant to happen. And I was just like, okay, well, this is it, you know? Um, Went in, and while at the academy, my neighbors that I had lived over by my mother with, I knew them for over 20 years. They were destroying my car. These are people who I knew all my life. They weren't talking to me. 
And I was just like, no, 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 this is already going bad, you know? These are people who I used to, you know, play with. These were people who were egging my car, scratching my car up. All because um, you joined the force? Only because I joined the force. And I wasn't even yeah. all the way in yet. I was just on the police academy. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, you know? I really got to see the faces of people like they, they really they really hate them. I um, but when I got in, my family was so proud. I'm coming from immigrant parents, um, and they were just proud that their daughter, out of nine children, um, was a city worker. I'm the youngest of nine kids, and I'm the only one who ever went to college. I'm the only one who had a city job, and um, they were just proud of me. You know, they always were proud of me. Like you know. She's always done what she's supposed to do. So when I went in, I was just thinking about my family and thinking about my son. I want you to read, okay? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, so that was the reason why I joined. And um, yeah, that's that for the... for. NYPD. <laughs> so with everything that's um with everything that's going on right now, do you understand the plight and the feelings of what the what the people who are not in uniform are feeling? Like do you think the actions are justified with the boycotting and everything like that, especially when it comes to NYPD, which on camera are still showing deadly force towards protesters? Well, I feel as if um as the people and being black, um, our our lives matter, definitely. Um, being a cop right now and being black is not something that I suggest anybody to do because you're fighting a fight and you don't have a say-so in the, in this union, to be quite honest. Like, it, it's not built around black people. You know, it's built around white people, unfortunately. And they are the higher minorities. They're the ones who are becoming... Um, sergeants and becoming captains they're not they're not allowing us to even get our foot in through the door they're just using us as an empty body you know um there's now no respect there and everything that's going on with the protesting i feel as if it, it needs to happen period it's it's needed um i'm happy is it me because i would i would have probably quit during this protest because what, what side are you going to stand on you know Right. What side are you standing on? So I'm happy that I did this a long time ago because I decided to stand with Jessica and to stand with my people because I was just, I, I just couldn't watch all of that stuff going on and having friends and not being able to tell them who I am and having baddies and not letting them know who I am and hiding behind my uniform. And um, I, I love the winter because I can hide my whole face. You know, I didn't want anyone to ever meet me. And I see some people in uniform and they were like, what the hell are you doing here? You're like, oh, yeah, you know, trying to cut the story short and not wanting to really talk much. I'm like, okay, I gotta go. And they're like, holy crap. Um, so it's it's a lot. I have sister, I have one sister who's a cop. She's um, my brother's wife, uh, sister-in-law. And I told her the other day, I said, listen, I still love you. You know, I texted her, I said, God told me to speak to you and I love you. You know, and I just want you to be safe. And she was like, thank you, I needed that. Because a lot of people are in contact with her. Wow. You know, they're like, well, shit, you put yourself in this predicament. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's rough. And I have other friends who I I talk to and stuff like that. And it feels like everybody's so disconnected because um, they don't, they're mixed with emotions. They don't know what to do to being black and then having this lifestyle that they're accustomed to and having the perks of it. It's, it's not even worth it. 
But yeah. we have to get through these doors. We have to get through these doors and we have to let people know who we are. You know, I feel like a lot more people need a black people need to come into the force so that you we can then change like it a, around. You feel like more black people need to join the force. They could because they're now all right. So this is what I was saying. I was like, okay, I'm, for me, I don't want to, I don't want to go. I, I, I can't go back. Right. Mm-hmm. It's too much conflict for me. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is even in our community, my boyfriend and I was talking about this the other day. We have a lot of gangsters. We have gangsters all throughout the world, right? We have LA, Chicago's mad dangerous, LA is dangerous, certain places, New York is dangerous, all these places. We, and, and some of it, and I'm not going to say everyone, but we have our gangsters that be on the block, you know, securing the block. Anybody else that come on the block, they're ready to kill them for, for their drugs, their money coming through, right? Mm-hmm. Why are we not policing our areas? Why don't we, why, and this is another thing, remember we were talking about this year in the first part, we have to get out this this place where we feel as if, if that is being done, it's because what white people do, you know? Yeah. If we go into, now don't, don't be opposed to the situation, because this is the same reason why firefighters, because I also applied to the firefighter um, exam, and I got called back to be a firefighter, you know why? Because they don't have enough black people in the fight to be a firefighters. There was a whole big thing where only white people was firefighters. Yeah, especially in New York. You see a exactly. whole lot of white firefighters. Exactly. But it was a big thing where there was actually a huge tobacco where people were saying and they realized it. So why can we not realize that in our NYPD forces? Because the NYPD is a lot stronger than the firefighters. Firefighters fight fire. NYPDs have guns. They, they, li- right. they literally have a license to kill. Right, but see, they're afraid that they're gonna give us that power because we're already powerful people, right? right. And especially that, in my PD, they're gonna think that oh, now that they got the license to kill, that they this this is what they're gonna do. No, then instead, what they're trying to do is bring them, make us destroy our brains in the NYPD, and then force us to try to be just like them. You know, bringing us to their barbecues and bringing us and trying to make us feel comfortable and trying to let us understand on why they're doing certain things and how black people, how the same people who's who they're talking to are black saying that they're dangerous or why this area is dangerous or and they're the ones bringing in the drugs they're the ones that's killing killing us you know and it's just like at some point we have to take control of everything around us right. even to our homes if you're looking in your house and it ain't black enough you need to change some things who if you want to buy curtains go look for a, a, a black person that makes curtains mm-hmm if you want to buy a drink out of a cup, go get a cup from a black owner that is selling cups. A couch. There's black people doing everything. But we need to find ourselves understanding that with being black, we are so luxurious. That you can support and still be luxurious and live a luxurious lifestyle supporting black owned businesses. Mm-hmm. True. I agree. I have a, you know? So I have a question. Um, yes. So I have a friend. She's part of the, she's an officer too in Georgia. And her whole be her whole explanation of joining the force is because um, you could make the change like within or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. But I feel like that's a great idea. A lot of a lot of it black, sounds good in theory. It but sounds good in theory, but that's not what is happening when people actually join. Because even when the black force. people join the force, even though they become corrupt, they start exactly. to believe the shit that their counterparts tell them. And it be, it's crazy. Like that that change that they want to be, they might go in there all bright eyed and bushy tail, but that ain't how they end up. 
But listen, we have to be stronger than this because, look, we can control every aspect of our lives. And this is going down to just physical and, and mental relationships with anyone that we come across. We are capable of doing this. So, all right, boom. And this is another thing. You see how the whole block, I knew these people for over 20 years, right? Lived and grew up on this one block. I had to move from the block after joining the NYPD. I, nobody bothered me when I worked for the state for cerebral palsy. No one bothered me. Okay? The, the, the assumption was, oh, she turned on us. Why does it have to be that she turned on us? You don't even know why, even how I even went into the job. I wanted to just make sure that, God forbid, I was to leave my son's father, that I would have money in, the order, in order to be there. I would have a career. I would have a job every day, no matter what happens. Because I was being, nobody knows behind closed door why people doing things, mm-hmm. you know? But instead of saying, oh, dang, why are you joining, you know? Like, you know, what, how is it? You're egging and scratching up a, a car that I spent my money on and not even from the job. You know what I'm saying? To have my son so that I can make sure that he's good when I want to go doctor's appointment or whatever. Like, you know, it didn't make sense to me. I feel like we need to, as people, realize that we are so powerful and really, really, really get to know our worth. And that's period on that. Like, we mm-hmm. are strong. Look at these protests. Look how people want to just be involved in us. All over the world, Paris, this place, that place, all over the world are protesting with us. That speaks value. Because guess what? These are the same people who are taking our ideas, who's buying our, um, taking our ideas, designing clothes off of our swag and who we are, taking our dance moves. You know, and I won't even want to say take it, but it really is, you know? We influence the world. So let me ask you a question. I hear you saying that you joined the force because uh-huh. you wanted a, you basically wanted a city job so you could have stable income for you and your son um, uh-huh. and everything like that. But the city offered a lot of jobs. So why the NYPD? I applied to every job. Whatever one called me first, <laughs> I took it. I used to work for the state for cerebral palsy. And I was so in conflict of not leaving because I loved dealing with that community that I was just like, I don't know what to do. Now, I have a father who works with the MTA. He's like, well, you should come over to the MTA. I'm like, yeah, well, I got to take the test. You mm-hmm. know, at that time, in a lot of communities, too, you go on... Um, Secretly, I was doing my own thing. I wanted, I, I needed, I, I got food stamp. I, you know, did things to make sure that my son would be good without the father and stuff like that, even though he was there. I felt like I still had to step on my own feet because of everything else emotionally going on, you know, that disrespect. I was like, this might not last. Let me make sure that I secure my ass because I don't want to depend on my mom and my dad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to make sure that I'm good. So, um, with that being said, I had to get a job. I had to do something. And I wanted to make more money than I was making with cerebral palsy because it wasn't enough. I couldn't buy formula that my son is sensitive. I couldn't buy his formula with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though the father would say, I wanted to do things by myself. Because every time that I did something or any time something was done for me, it was talked about. And I hated it. So for me, in the beginning, when I first got it, I felt the power of, wow, I did this by myself, mm, you know? And the, and the status that it gives you, it gives you like you you macho man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, oh, that's interesting. So, um, yep, that's how that was here. 
So, um, so on the outside looking in to 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 a lot of um black people, the NYPD cannot be trusted. They are one of the most racist forces in the U.S. Um, they're corrupt. They you like their use of excessive force is ridiculous. Um, as someone that have like is was part of the force and you was in the precincts and you was um, a, a sister in arms with them. Are they as corrupt as everybody feel like they are? Are they as racist and as bad as everyone feel like? The NYPD is. Uh, I, I won't say for everybody, but majority yes. And it's this, it's this, it's this thing that they give you this chip on the choke on the shoulder. And then beginning, I started getting like that, and I had to stop myself. Mm. Damn. All right, take off your game in the room. Um. So. Hello? Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, we listen to you. <laughs> oh, so, um, it was just, like, um, a lot going on, and every precinct was different. Everywhere was different, depending on, like, who you meet up with, you know. Um, I went from one precinct to another, so it was like you met a different group of people every single time, and it, it just depends on who you are, too. Like, if you're a talkative person, you know that you're going to see. If you're a person that's in and out, you don't got time to talk. You're just going to go with your partner. Like, that's it. That's it. I was that person. Like, I don't want to be involved with nobody and nothing. I don't want to come in. I don't even want to work. I would, I would just work to take off days, you know? <laughs> I just I just didn't want to be there. So, I didn't get to really get the gist of everything, but I just hated to be inside. Like, inside was a lot of gossiping, and everybody know this person, this person sleeping with this person. It was a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff. So, I just wanted to be in and out. I... I like, that was my thing. Like, I did my job the best way I could. And some days I did nothing. I just didn't want to do nothing. And I would wait until I got to go home and come back to the office for one thirty, And that was it. Mm-hmm. To be quite real, that was it. I just wanted to go home to my kid. Um, eat, go home, and goodbye. Like, I hated it. So, nah, I feel you on that. And I've heard that, too. Um, I know my ex, personally, he has told me, like, I like when we were together. He was like, "I'm, I do the bare minimum. Like, I'm not trying to say, especially when it's close to clock out. I'm not trying to take nobody in. I'm not trying right. to buy no ticket. Like, right. please just have your shit together so that if I run your name, like he'll <laughs> ask them like, you got everything together because I'm trying to get home too type situation. So right. yeah, I understand that. Um, do you think that that is something that you would join again? No, definitely not. No, 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 not me. Um, it's so crazy that um, I got the MTA. Like, my father, like I said, he retired from the MTA, but as a station agent this time around, um, you know, they swore me in and everything. And I was in conflict, like, oh, my God, I don't want to go back into another city job. I don't want to use and wear nobody uniform. And I felt like this was another time in my life I needed to be obedient and just listen. Um I went in and then the then the pandemic happened. I was so happy because God knows I didn't want my son to be with nobody else. Nobody could teach him the way I, I could teach him. Um, it was just like, I was like, God, listen, I got to make my business blow. 
So when I so after this after this pandemic, I can just be free and I could be a full time entrepreneur for the rest of my life. But I just didn't want to say no, and then you know something else happens because the perks of it was, and I feel like and he set me up for this, right? The perks of it was that um, with me being sworn in with the MTA as a station agent now, right? And now with the pandemic, I've been qualified for unemployment as self-employed and as an as a um, employee of the city. Employee. Now that could have never happened before. Now I have three nices. Three. I have three. Um, three. Um, what's it called? Three pensions. Because what happens is my father is a MTA worker. He put me under his pension. I have a pension that I have from the NYPD that I still pay off my nice and I pay off all my all the perks that people talk about. Oh, you're gonna leave that good benefit. I pay for all of those benefits being an entrepreneur for the last two years. Mm. A lot of people don't know that. You can leave the force and still be good. I use my money to take care of my bills. When I want to take out my money from my nice, I use that money that I save. But before, you'll use that money only if you're accumulating time, and then you won't see that money going in. But now that I've, I put it at high risk, I take out money whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. And don't have to work for nobody. And that's the things that I'm trying to teach the community on how to do. You can get loans and bonds and stocks and live how you want without having to work for anyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, we glad you ain't got to go back and work for uh <laughs> for that cult again. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that ain't yeah. uh that ain't too. So um, I, I have another question. Um, yeah. So right now, where everyone is at with their protests, um, uh, folks around the country are talking about defunding the police. I think uh-huh. Minneapolis went ahead and, um, is it Minneapolis or Minnesota? Went ahead and defunded the police. Um, what is your take on defunding the police and kind of, um, putting that towards like community uh-huh. opposed to the, um, police department? So, we were talking earlier on the first part. Try to. <laughs> oh, please do, Lord. I got three kids in the house right now, so. Uh, it's fine. Um, so, with that being said, 
have some white officers who, um, you know, they, they, they care about us too. You know, we have some of those. It's like one in a million, but we have some. <laughs> and, and, and this is another thing, like I said, like I said, in the first, in the first part, we are prized possessions. You know how much white men love black women can't say that? You know how much of them cheating going behind their white mm-hmm. back and did something? Mm-hmm. Jewish people too. Chinese people too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are prized possessions. So, um, like my mother will always say, teach you teach somebody how to love you one time. And after that, that's it. Because they don't know how to love. So befriending is going to be the same thing to me. I've had clients in my life. And I say clients because I have my licensed cosmetologist and I worked in the, on Fifth Avenue and I guess my coach Liz, Liz Russell. Mm-hmm. And I'm also coming out of, of a Beta Institute, um, which is a hair school, you know, for all natural mm-hmm. hair school. Um, I had the roughest clients and people used to give me their bad clients with the attitude and I used to befriend them and they used to give me the biggest tips in the world. And they used to treat me so good. They were like, yo, how can you do her? I said, you know what you do to somebody that's mean and messed up to you? You be nice. You be nice. And I know it's hard to say that because, like, we had in the first first part. Yeah. You know, you're tired of being nice. You're tired of letting people know. You're tired. But guess what? You know what I learned? I learned that I can't allow anyone to mess with my vibe or my energy. And I, me being the bigger person, I don't feel like it's, it's being a pushover. I don't feel like it's always being passive either. let it be i let it be and it's not considered being a pushover and being passive aggressive it's just that I you know what you've go. been through yeah you just know that it's it's bigger things right. and you know what you personally been through so you're like right. you know what I'll, I'll i'll have someone else fight that battle right but not me right i get and it's it like, and, and, yeah and i mean it, it, i'm i'm the type of person like right if i did wrong is wrong i i'm an advocate for everyone I'm out in the street. I'm advocating for you. I'm going to talk. I can't hold my mouth. I can't hold my tongue, especially when I see something that's wrong. I'll fight for you. I'll go in front of the bullet. I don't give like That's how I am. I'd rather die that way than any other way. You know, rather than me killing a person. I'd rather be the one that's getting killed for that. You know, but I'm like, yo, like, 
that stress is something that's stress stress is the deadliest killer it is especially in black women especially and they're already trying to kill us look they've been on borders out of quarantine do you know first of all they said the first wave the second wave is coming how do you know a second wave of the coronavirus is coming they planned this we are the hunter we are to we are the we are the prey yeah, now the second wave is coming because why? Because we are not standing six feet away from each other. We are young. We are going out. We are going outside. We are protesting. We would rather die and fight for our, our, our rights. But don't you think you your rights is something to fight for? Something to something die to for? for? Of course. Of course it is. But I'm saying it's something to fight for, yes. But I'm also saying that with them, they're thinking that they already had predicted that this would be the second wave, right? Mm-hmm. They had predicted that this was a second wave of um, was it the coronavirus. How did they know it was going to be a second wave? Now this year, now they're saying that the numbers have gone up again, right? But we said, F it. We're going out there. We're going to fight. This is just all a trap of just trying to, again, oppress us, you know? So going out there and fighting this, yes, go. Well, if, they, if they're... If it was a trap for the black community for them to get us to kill ourselves, I guess that that's a fail because there's more white people out there than there is blacks right now. Exactly, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. They've been trying to oppress us. They've been trying to cage us. This quarantine was just another form of slavery. Okay, they've been trying to do the day. Like this whole thing is staged. This whole thing is staged. This whole thing. Like I don't. And it's unfortunate. Like a lot of people have died from it and everything is going on. But I'm like. All right, cool. You're telling us that we have to stay in the house. But then you have things that are open. But you're saying that we can go to the grocery store. Uh, like, it, it, it's not, it doesn't sum up to me. You know what I'm saying? But you're not putting any sanitizer. You're not using it. You're not giving us anything to use. Even at these stores, it's not like you're telling them you're mandating. They're mandating us to have gloves and, and, and face masks on. But those gloves are dirty. And when you put it on your phone, it's on your face. You just touch something. You know, then the stores don't have, it's not like they have the proper things to sanitize things with. They're not sanitizing in New York. No, they're not. Oh, I know down here, they, um, they spray and they wipe down all the carts. The, the carts that's been sprayed and wiped down is completely separate from the carts that's out and about. And they have an associate blocking it. Like they have an associate that gives you the cart so that Mm -hmm. they know, and they spray them and wipe them down before they hand them to you. Yeah, that's crazy. And you gotta, and you have to wear your mask. Yeah, you have to wear your mask and all this other stuff. But I have a few questions for you that um, some of our listeners sent in to us. So one person asks, how are, office, how are officers specifically trained to deal with black and brown people? There's, there's, there's no real training. It's just everything is basically police academy-wise. You're, you're being tested. Um, they're asking questions that, that have nothing to do with you actually going out in the force. When you go out, you're teamed up with somebody who's been there for a long time they're showing you the ropes the ropes could be you being in the car you being on foot or they're sending you out there and they're putting you straight to go and work um outside to stand up you know during any riots or during uh protest day uh christmas and holidays and stuff like that they have you outside you know so y'all so y'all are not giving any specific instructions on how to deal with black and brown people opposed to Of course not. No. Okay. Yeah. 
Another question is, do you believe stop and frisk is racist? Yes, I feel like stop and frisk is racist. Um, I definitely think that it's something that was then again used in order to just mess with us, you know? Mm-hmm. Because they stopping and frisking no white people or no Chinese people or no Jewish people or no other, no other race but black people. And um, I, I heard that wasn't... This year or the last year, it was supposed to be no stopping frisk. Right? Correct, correct. They yes. still stopping okay. and frisking, though. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like they still stopping and frisking because um, how many people you know reported? Okay. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying too. Like back in all right, they try to make like um, Black Panthers seem like they were um, a cult. A cult. They try to make it seem like. Um, Mason was, you know, some kind of like everything is so evil. When these are like actual people in communities who are older, who most of them have died now, but they are um, secretive and they do things and they do it with the community at mind, you know? Right. If we got down and actually did training, yo, let me put this in the air. Do you know like a lot of people get jobs, they can't even speak English, but they pass the test? Why do you think they pass the test? Because of their mindset? No, because they go to groups, they have groups, meetings, that get them the answers, that teach them how to mm-hmm. do the things to oh, get yeah. them to pass it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why we can't do that? And nobody don't know because it's, it's, first of all, it's illegal to, to, to give away the answers, right? To these state boards and all this different stuff, it's illegal. So why we, why we can't find this way to do things more quiet? Yeah. You know? The Africans do that with the nursing tests. Right, exactly. <laughs> they do. They do that with the nursing test. That rolls into the um yeah. the a next a next question that we have. Um how often does stop and frisk happen in white neighborhoods compared to the black and brown neighborhoods? She said it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't happen in white neighborhoods at all? No. First of all, they they're gonna say all their rights. That's another thing that we need to start learning our rights. And I I, I don't wanna say that we do everything bad because we don't. I feel like we all can learn more from each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel. We all can learn more from each other so that we can help each other and be better at, at this thing called life. Because already, we know already that we are the, the most hated. We're the most hated. I can't read that. So what are what are the rights that um people need to what are the rights that the people need to know they have? Cuz I mean to be honest, I don't know I don't know what my rights are. I don't get stopped often by the police except for like a traffic ticket or something. But like let's just say for instance, if someone was listening and they get stopped, what are the rights they they need to know? What are their rights? They can't search well, a car without probable cause. They definitely can't search a trunk without a warrant. Right. Because you already pulled over, right? You pulled over, you didn't even ask the officer what they're pulling you over for. You have the right to ask. Mm, right? Okay. You have the right to ask. So when you get pulled over, they already license and register for what? But for see, what? I be knowing that, and every time I do that, I still end up in handcuffs. Nah. Because you know what? Let me tell you. You know what's more deadlier than a black person? A black person that know their rights, they're going to fuck with you. Every That's single, true. every single time, every single right. time, every time I've, every time I've ended up in handcuffs is because I have challenged the officer who stopped me or who the then, officer that I had an encounter with. Right. And another thing I was thinking about too was the same way that everybody 
everybody be having cameras in their car. I feel like in the black community, we need to have cameras. We need to have cameras in our cars the same way like an Uber driver would, you know? They can see the front and the back because a lot of things are being thrown out due to the evidence. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so, it's just so much. I feel like you can only, you, you try to just do everything and like, but I feel like we need to really just have a whole group meeting. Like, everybody needs to get on one accord and really, like, sit down and chat. So, are you going to lead that, or since you, since you, since you've been behind the badge, are you going to lead that meeting? Sure, I might have to, girl. Because I could coordinate it. I could definitely get people together. I could definitely coordinate, get people to sign up and everything. But we're going to have to, we're going to need someone who knows the laws yeah, and I'm everything. Yeah, I just can't use Because Zoom right. said they are not. And that's the whole thing is, I have some badges that are officers, too. And I also, like I said, I have my um, sister-in-law that's an officer. I would get those people up there to say something. It's just like, I don't know. I, I got to pray about this. <laughs> it's like you want to do everything, you know? Yeah. It's just like, I, it, it's, you, you try to draw the people in, but it's like, who's thinking Who's going to listen? You know? Like, listen, I, I have my, one of my mentors, she has a really huge following. <laughs> And she, um, her name is India Monet, and she is all about, like, the black dollar, the black neighborhood, the black family, black economics, black economics and, and black safety. And I think if I was to link the two of you together, because she has a huge platform anyway, I think if I was supposed to link the two of you guys together, that this is something that, that can definitely be put into action. I mean, I could do it on my end as well, but my platform is not nearly as big as hers. And so you'll be able to get the word out there a lot faster with her than with me so if that's something that you definitely want to do like with us just like i said it's just the knowledge it's not like we're trying to be out here like starting no shit but it's just that you know we need to know so that we can protect ourselves moving forward if that's something that y'all want to get going that's definitely something i could initiate like i'm down mm-hmm. yeah we could definitely do that's that i'm also to try to get some more leaders in the community leaders some men you know yeah, we definitely need we definitely need more men that's gonna be open to protecting us. They're black, the black women that are around them, opposed to being fascinated with the others. Like that's definitely a start because we need protection too. Oh, exactly. Speaking of speak, speaking of speaking of speaking of, um, as an officer, because I feel like with racism and black lives matters and when we talk about excessive force for the police that black women often get lost in the shuffle yep we get off that. like black women that have died are pushed out of the limelight like we don't hear about that we don't even hear about sandra bland anymore and her case was never solved i don't even think they really investigated it like nothing happened um as an officer um do women get um do women get more do women get harassed by the police at the same rate as men do more or less can you repeat that last one real quick please um sorry women um women black women do they get harassed by the police at the same rate as black men do less or more Like, they're not even caring about if you're a woman or not. You know, you see how they're 
they are literally throwing down these women and punching them in the face like they're grown ass men. So for me, it's like you don't even see you don't even see gender no more. They just see the color and it's, it's like you know. Don't even see these brusses. Right. <laughs> don't even care about that. The damn shame. Do you believe that officers should live in the areas that they patrol? I don't. I think that they should. If I mean, in certain, in a certain case, like for me, I know that I wouldn't want to live in the in the area that I was patrolling in because you already heard my story with that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when I went to another area, that was like the hood for the for Manhattan. It's called ABC. You know, I know it. Yeah, ABC. Alphabet City. Right. So I'm over there and everybody in the hood loved me. You know? So it's just like sometimes it's and that's the bad part, it's like your own community will hate you for something that you chose to do and you, they don't even know if you're doing it the right way or not. They didn't ask. So it was just like it was just too much for me to actually move around from my mother's house because I was like, if somebody tried to hurt child or hurt me or my son, I'm going to go to war now. That's when you get angry. Now you now you feel, you, and this is the thing, that this is the problem, like, you feel superior. superior. So you're like, I'm going to war. I'm, I'm killing anybody that deal with my family, you know? And mm-hmm. then anybody that touched me in seven years. You know what I'm saying? Then you start feeling like that, like you always got to be on the, the, the defense. Like, you always got to be ready. What um so what area did you move from? Brooklyn. Uh, I moved. I was in Brooklyn, yeah, but I was from Best Side. Okay. And I moved from Best Side to Crowns Heights, but I'm in like a quiet place by Crowns Heights. Okay. It's not a lie; it's like kind of hidden. I like it. It's like a newer, a newer little building and stuff like that. A house. Okay. okay. Nice. Do you have any other questions, sis? Yes, I do have a question. So, as um as a black officer, how many how many black okay, uh just about because like I know you're not gonna know the exact numbers, but approximately how many black officers are on are on the force on the NYPD compared to white or like the rest of them? I guess you would say percentage wise. Percentage wise, yeah, like twenty five percent. No, fifteen, probably ten. I would say it's a it's, and it's crazy enough. It's a lot of black people in the NYPD. It's just that you're really not seeing them because either they on vacation, they feel the same way how I was feeling, and or they doing the early, early shifts so they can get out because they don't like it, you know? And people are just doing things for the career and for the money behind it. That's the problem. And then you're not seeing them on the front line. You think they want to see us in white shirts? Mm. They don't want to see us in white shirts. So you're seeing us just maybe in the car, and then what? And I feel like it's so funny, but we take the we don't take the job like how the white people are taking it. We like shit. This is just an income, and we in and out. You know, you sit down in the car, you eat your food, you chill out. You don't want to even you don't even want to deal with nobody that look like you because you just like you already feel like you know you feel bad. You you just don't want to do it. If anything, you're dealing with the people. You know, like any complaints, you know, like somebody coming in, stealing, robbing, maybe a bum or two, you know? Yeah. You don't even want to, yeah, so it's, Do, um, do black officers in the force tend to stick together or is kind of like every man for themselves? Nah, it's definitely we stick together. <laughs> okay. We only <don't> got. <laughs> Good. <laughs> we only got. 
good. We good. together, we hang out together, we talk shit together, you know? We okay. That's what it was. Have have you ever have you ever seen something that you had to talk up about or like if you ever yes. seen something you just decided not to say anything about it even no, though you so I've I've always been the one to talk up like I said like even like as a child I said I did not raise my hand for the the um pledge of allegiance right yeah. pledge um I am very opinionated so it was a day in particular it was so hot I was walking down. I was walking down Delancey Street out in the city because I was coming from the 5th or 7th recent. And I was walking down the street and then I see, like, there was another, there was a, a, two other cops from another precinct. Mm-hmm. They pulled over everyone, but it was a traffic agent right there directing everybody to make a right onto Delancey that it was okay because the lights were messed up. Mm-hmm. The cops that were there, they came out with a cigar. Homeboy had a cigar in his hand. The other one didn't have on her hat, didn't have on her shield. I'm like, really? Where are y'all from? So I'm walking down, I see like 10 cars lined up on the right. I'm like, what's going on? Is everything okay? I spoke to the agent. I'm like, well, everything's all right. She's like, yeah, we're just, you know, the lights messed up. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to call it in. Right. So I call it in like the lights are messed up due to a uh, dinner that we need to repair, like that kind of stuff. So you got to call it in too because it's part of your duty. So I go and it's like 10 cars to the side. I'm like, what's wrong? Y'all car broke down. Like, y'all in the bus stuff. Y'all got to move. They're like, we're getting a ticket. Getting a ticket for what? What y'all get a ticket for? So people start coming out. They're talking to me. Oh well, you know the traffic agent told me to turn over to the right. Like what's the problem? And I'm like, y'all giving them a ticket? I said everybody pull your phone out. I'm Agent Walker, one one uh, one two two five. No one here is getting a ticket today. And everybody was just like, what the? Hell? They was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, yo, y'all bugging? Y'all really this crazy for a quarter today? This is wrong. You know, I start preaching. This is wrong. <laughs> this is not happening. And everybody was so happy and grateful. And they just end up just leaving, you know? But it's like, y'all doing, y'all messed up for that. And I felt so good, you know, like, I did that. What was they trying to get on the ticket for? Just for um, an illegal turn. And it wasn't an illegal turn because you can turn there. It's just that the light was messed up, right? There was no signal. It was flashing. And... If you don't, like, listen to them, then it's a problem. So, everybody was turning off of the traffic agent. And they were, they wanted people to turn the opposite direction, but there was no signs that said you couldn't turn right and left. To Lancy, you could, you know? Mm. It's just that they wanted to do what they wanted to do. Only because, like, I think in that month, it was either the 4th of July, people were, it was something going on with the traffic, too, like, how it was just getting too crowded. But people had to go to the um, the bridge. So it was just like, this is the only resort. And I wasn't going to tell them that they couldn't go because I know what it is to be a driver. Yeah. And you can't, there's no way out of the city. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should be a you know goddamn I mean? maze. Exactly. So I was just like, I told the agent, like, listen, everybody turn in here. I'll stay in here. And I was, it was almost my time to go home. So I was like, listen, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be over here. <laughs> Don't be a whistleblower. Exactly. 
So that was that. But I used to tell, I don't care. I used to tell my union on anything or anybody because I feel like, and you're my union. Look, I'm paying you union dues. You better, you better work. Cause <laughs> this ain't gonna happen. You know, pay, give me back my money for my union dues then. <laughs> <laughs> Have you have you ever had to use a union your union um, lawyer? Um, not really, because I kind of knew them already. So mm-hmm. I would just talk, and then we'll do like um, we'll do like what's called like um, everybody will join up and write, you know, petition and stuff like that. But um, I talk up, but then like I said, I was very like in my own world. I just wanted to get out. I didn't feel like dealing with too much politics there mm-hmm. because then it would be an evil. Like they put me. Um, I'm telling them like my son's birthday is today or my son's birthday is in a few days they won't give me the day off or I gotta work on Christmas you know, don't family or New Year's and they're like it's just like it's disgusting like my feet were so swollen that I ended up getting blood clots all through my legs and having these black marks on my leg I could have died from Damn. and I had a kid and I was telling them my feet are swollen like oh you need better shoes like really? Mm. You know, because I don't want to do what you want me to do. Oh, you're not bringing enough people in. You're not, you're not, you, you know, there's not enough tickets here. What's going on? It's just like, I hate it here. <laughs> I hate it here. That's what's going on. So, it was just a lot. Well, we appreciate you sitting down and talking with us today. Yes, I mean, thank you for having me. You definitely gave us about two hours of your time. So, we appreciate that. Um... <laughs> I mean, is there anything else that you want the people to know? Is there anything that you, you know, you want to get out there? Any misconceptions? Um, just anything at all before we let you go? Um, so, what I feel is that, one, we got a lot of gangsters. Uh, y'all need to act like y'all gangsters now. <laughs> because Trump is still in office. Y'all got headmen. Y'all got, y'all got people out in jail that's out here giving out hits and out in broad daylight. Um, y'all shooting and banging. Why don't y'all protect and patrol your area? Make sure that your community is good. Um, let's do that. Let's take back our community. Let's take back our neighborhood. Let's do that. I agree. You know, let's do that. What's wrong with that? You with the gun, but you ain't shooting this. You, uh, you ain't shooting the right, <laughs> you ain't shooting the right why people. Why Trump here? Why? Right. Get it? But um, <laughs> why is Trump here, Lauren? We feel the same Trump. way. We feel the same way. You look like a Cheeto. Yes, he do. He is so annoying. Well, let everybody know where they can find you on all your social media. <laughs> And that is B A D D, and that is B A D D I E G L O W underscore everybody. Yes, 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 yes. yes it was yes, a yes. pleasure having you. Thank you yes. so much. Thank you so much for having me. I will definitely I really be contact. Yes, I'll definitely be contacting you in regards to um just getting everybody together so that we know our rights um as citizens yes. and how to move in regards to dealing with the police. I will reach yes. out to India. Um I'll give her your info and hopefully we could get something together by next week or so in regards to just even getting we, uh, all of us on the phone to talk and seeing yes. how we'll put this together. 
I'm right. also gonna be reaching out to some some brothers that I know that um you know are into um what what we're into right now, you know, and yeah. trying to help the people and trying to help ourselves and um you know have us more aware. I feel like like I said, we have to be more silent. You know, when people say, "Don't tell everybody what you're gonna do," you know, I feel like we need to start doing that. I feel like we could be really, 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 really powerful. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you know anyone out here in Atlanta who um is a cop or ex cop or whatever who wants to join the movement and help out as well, definitely send me their info and I will hit them up as well. Definitely, definitely will. All right, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. Bye. All right, bye. So guys, that'll wrap up our uh, discussion with Jessica. Jessica. Um, I think it was a good one. Did you think we it we, was, co- we covered like the 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 good like the, the chunk of it? We did because I feel like you know, and I mean she 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 talked about that really well when because we're like a police a black person as a police officer, but really can we change anything if like we don't have black officers? They don't give a fuck about us in a force. They still do what the what the hell they want to do. We've seen that time and time and time again. Yeah, this has true. been from the L.A. riots, especially because she said there's a whole bunch of black officers. So yeah, right. from you're the right. L.A. riots, we have seen they have been black officers time and time again going into the force talking about because I want to make a change because I want to make a change and not one change has been made. You're right. So you know it it just comes down to. What are you really um, joining the force for? I mean, I know there's a lot of people that do believe if they join the force that they can make a change, but that's not happening. So what now? What next? Yeah. Yeah, the conversation was really good. I've been wanting to have her on for a while. Yeah. And, um, She's a sweet girl. I definitely enjoy the fact that she's spiritually led. I didn't um I didn't know that um, because she is so spiritual. Probably that's why the NYPD was not for her. Mm-hmm. Um. But again, the NYPD being one of the vicious, the most vicious police forces, aside from the LAPD, I think it was good to I think it was good, and I think it was important to have her on. I think we needed to have that discussion. Most definitely, I totally agree. But um, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of Sugar on Shit Pod. This is Kay. You can find me on Instagram and all social media at K E E N Y A underscore B underscore. Um, you can follow the Sugar on Shit Podcast. Uh, Twitter at Sugar on Shit Pod. Same thing on Instagram, Sugar on Shit Pod. Same thing on SoundCloud, Sugar on Shit Pod. <laughs> um, and that is S U G A R O N S H I T Pod P O D. Sis, let them know where they can find you. Um, this is Ty. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Takedi T I K E D I. Um, yeah. <laughs> Follow me, y'all. Follow us. Let us lead you to the way. You are so silly. <laughs> nah, but yeah, we um we have been gone for a while. I'm hoping that we can stay consistent this time. Um, I, I mean, for sure... we are consistent. It's just that life, like we've been lifing. Life at OD hard. There go that yarn. Oh my! God. I held it down for about three hours. I'm sorry. There go that yarn. We've been lifing OD hard. Guys, we have been renovating our house and just dealing with this pandemic and how it's, it has taken a blow on us financially, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, and, 
yeah, I think we we will close out this episode. Uh, once again, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for always being patient and loyal. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the live. We hope you enjoy um, the videos on YouTube. And I hope you enjoy this episode. And we will see you again. Bye. Bye.